0: Hello, and a very warm welcome. This is Earth to Air, our first podcast brought to you by New Earth Theatre. I'm Kumiko Mendel, artistic director of the company. For our first series, we interview some of the women involved in Tsunagu Connect, a project we started in 2020, exploring and uncovering the lives of Japanese women who have come to the UK since 1945. Join us on our journey as we take to new heights to amplify and champion the multiplicity of voices and stories of East and Southeast Asians in the UK. Let's begin. Here with me today is Kazuko Hoki, an artist, theatre maker and co-founder of the Japanese pop performance troupe Frank Chickens.
1: Hello, konnichiwa.
0: Lovely to have you here, Kazuko. Thank you. Now, Kazuko's been working alongside me to co-author a performance piece that's been inspired by the interviews we've had with over 30 Japanese women.
1: Yes, and um, Kumiko-san, you initiated this project and you approached me like three years ago. Is it that long? Yeah, I think so, because it's way before the lockdown and all that, isn't Mm, it? mm, So could mm. could you just tell me how how it happened, and uh, what's this project?
0: (laughs) Well, it's been a project that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, Um, and I think it came about partly because I realised I didn't know very much about the history of the Japanese community in this country, and when I started to look into it, there was very little to be found. There's not much research or not much has been written about it. I was also interested because my mother was one of, I think, probably one of the first Japanese women who had come over after the Second World War in the 1950s. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But uh, so in some ways, this is partly to find out maybe, you know, stories and experiences of women of her generation, as well as generations that came after um, what it was like to be here living in the U.K., So um, that's how it started. And then um, what we did um, with New Earth Theatre, we applied to the Heritage Lottery Fund and we were successful for an oral history project. So we brought together volunteers who then interviewed a number of women and we've we've interviewed women from all over the country and who've all been here at least 10 years. That was a sort of stipulation, at least 10 years. But we've had, um, yes. Yeah, so we've had a real range of, of people that we've talked to from all walks of life, which has been really exciting. So that's been happening. And of course, um, we had a launch, which you were a part of at the beginning of 2020. Oh, yes,
1: before that.
0: Lo- just, yeah, lockdown, yeah, before lockdown yeah. Um, at the Museum of London, mm. where we launched the project. Um, and then of course lockdown came and it took a little while to pivot to uh, you know putting the doing the interviews on Zoom and now we've been working together on listening to the interviews and being inspired by the stories to create a performance piece yeah and i and you know i've always we worked together many years ago and i just felt it would be really interesting to work with you
1: again yeah, it's been a very interesting process of making this uh, performance mm. because um, um, performers are or Japanese women mm. and so Fushi has experience of this being um, a Japanese living Japanese woman who lives in the UK for a long time so they have their own stories so while we are developing the performance piece like I felt like our communication was very um, close and very real and the um, and, uh, uh, so the creativity and the imagination, I felt like a, a sort of uh, blossoming from a very deep, um, rich resource, and so I really enjoyed working with uh, them, and that uh, that process was really great.
0: Yeah, no, it has been really, really exciting to, to really try and dig down and and discover sort of, you know, the nuances and 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 the specificity of everybody's story, but finding sort of common threads and themes. Yes that seem to sort of uh link the experiences together um and we're we're really excited because we're we're trying we're looking to create a sort of performance exhibition so we we have very much the exhibition integrated into the
1: performance so the so objects yes related to the history of those uh, exactly yeah so it gives
0: sort of context within the piece but we have the sort of emotional stories and uh, performance pieces yeah.
1: that, and we had a fun as well like right? that's, that's a really good fun process to uh, creating things so. yeah
0: so hopefully we'll, we'll be doing that next spring in 2022 so watch this space mm. but while we're here maybe we can talk I mean I'd like to know about your reason to, for coming to the UK I mean when, when was that when did you come
1: uh, 78 mm. yeah mm. Um, because uh, I I I was uh, sort of Anglophile when I was <laughs> growing up in Japan. Like, I really liked the uh, English children's books, uh, especially like the Borrowers, which is uh, about people, f- small people who live under the uh, floorboards. Like Ghibli made a film called Arietti based on mm-hmm. that book. I think the maybe Ghibli's uh, boss, Miyazaki, I think he's in the same generation as me. And so we probably had the same book of this borrowers translated in Japanese, beautiful book, and um, because that time like books were quite well respected and very well made, and um, I I was fascinated by this book, and also I read uh, lots of uh, like another children's uh, books like Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, and Winnie the Pooh, and uh, somehow I um. I felt more close to those English children's books than the Japanese children's books, because I thought English children's books has a more respect to children's world, or maybe the writers were enjoying themselves writing it rather than you know educating.
0: Mm. Like
1: they, I felt writers were playing in their imaginative tab- 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 world, having a really good fun, and so there was no article article, condes- condescending feeling about it. Well, now I say that, but when I was eight, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't think that. They just spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I really enjoyed those books. And then, then I discovered, like, you know, later David Bowie and also Gilbert and George and and uh, of course Wuthering Heights and all those things which I liked. Somehow it all came from uh, England, mm. and uh, so I I really thought like if I go to abroad, I want to go to England as a first country. Like somehow I thought, I felt like you know I'm more English than Japanese in a way, in a strange way, like because I thought okay, English humor, is like really sophisticated and I love it, <laughs> kind of very um, pompous, very you know big-headed. So um and then I met some. Uh, English people um, in Japan, and um, it was very good um, opportunity to, you know, um, <laughs> latch on to them. And that was in 78, and so I came to England, and thinking just, uh, you know, for uh, three months as being tourist. So my father asked me to bring back a duty-free whiskey, which I didn't bring back for next four years. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and what was what was your impression when you arrived
0: in England? Was it as you had imagined? I mean, it sounds like you got quite an eclectic sort of understanding of 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 England anyway, with David Bowie and and the Borrowers and um yeah, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> so what was
1: it like? I mean, did, was it as you expected? Well, I like my father really liked Western films, and there was um, uh, in every Sunday from nine p.m. there was a. Uh, uh, slot in on television showing uh, classic Western films. I still remember like we watched together every Sunday from uh, nine. It's quite late with oh, the t- child children. So like, uh, I suppose ima- image of England was this Western world. Also probably lots of films were from America. <laughs> yeah, like Western world is like a film. So uh, I still remember I, uh, I couldn't sleep on the airplane. I got coming to England and arrived in uh, Heathrow Airport and uh, arrived. I felt like I, I'm entering the film because it's so many Western people. I still remember that. So it was quite an unreal experience. And it was also England was the first abroad country for me and I had to make a passport for coming to England. Mm-hmm. So it's like all very, very unreal, and, um, yeah
0: and then and then you you were coming for three months, but you obviously stayed,
1: yes, so what happened i just i i like i i mean it's quite expensive to go back hmm. every day something happened exciting things happening, I think, and then like you know in a few little bit future, something exciting interesting thing happening, and I just got carried away. By uh, those uh, expectations, I suppose, and just realized, oh, I haven't been back for, four years. It's like that. I mean, I didn't consciously didn't go back, but what were you doing? Um, well, I became a performance <laughs> sort of artist. When I arrived in England, next day I went to a place called the London Musicians Collective which is a place where experimental musicians and um, experimental performance artists gather. And that time, like, uh, because uh, lots of squatting happening and uh, like the place was almost squatting, I think the British Rail was uh, sort of letting us use for almost free of charge. So um, like there was a corrective collect- uh, of the experimental musicians and performers. Like, organizing and uh, managing this place. And I, they had a festival on the next day I arrived. So I went to the festival and it was like using a, this space and also outside in a Camden. And um, like I saw in this day, I saw a, a drama mm-hmm. playing a drum, but gradually descending to the canal. So the sound of the drum is changing as uh, you, as he descends because uh, water affects the sound, wow. I saw that performance and the evening i saw uh, Steve Beresford, it's a like quite in, um quite famous uh, improvising musician in among the you yes know, inside. Actually, I've, I've yeah. heard his name he was doing uh, he was part of the street as well for a while oh, yeah and he was uh, he was uh, doing a performance playing a piano upside down with his feet. And I thought, wow, this is England. <laughs> this place full of eccentric people. I didn't realize they are the minority people that time because it's next day in, and in, uh, in my England. I thought, wow, this is what I sort of, I suppose, imagined and it's like special place where lots of imaginative people doing s- strange things. So I just, yeah, and I became like, I joined that world and so they accommodated me I I joined lots of performance group and I started a performance group and Frank Chicken started I suppose yes so um, so I didn't go back uh, to dismay of my parents so they came to England in the end like you know after two or three years after past like they they couldn't wait anymore so they came to england and they came to see my performance in london Musicians collective which didn't have a toilet and my mother had a sort of diarrhea but because of english diet oh no so she had to run to the pub opposite and all that oh, so, oh
0: and were they there do you think they were trying to sort of coax you back or were they were they just really coming to see what you were up to
1: yeah i think so they were very supportive hmm. understanding parents like uh, my parents were really amazing I I Hmm. still be very I'm still very grateful and they yeah they just uh, accepted I became a strange (laughs) creature. That sounds
0: amazing I mean how do you think I mean obviously you were were there many Japanese women that you were at that point connected with them you talked to obviously Frank Chickens is a was a Japanese is a Japanese women's collective. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can talk a bit about that. How that happened. I mean, did were you already in touch with Japanese people when you arrived?
1: Or? Well, I met Kazumi, who is my co-founder, mm. like of Frank chickens in uh, Adult Education Institute, because I tried to get to the art school and I didn't get in. And uh, then I discovered like Adult Education. Adult Education is like so cheap and yeah. so rich around that time. Yeah. So yeah. I was uh, in. Uh, I, I went there to study like uh, photography, etching, lithography.
0: I, d- I did the same. I what I went it? I went to City Lit oh, right, and did yeah. all their drama courses. And, uh, a, and if you were unemployed, you could uh, you you paid one pound for a whole right. term.
1: Yeah, so you could Amazing. do up to seven
0: classes, I, I, classes. So, was, uh, I miss it. Yeah, so much. That was incredible. I know. I don't think I'd be doing drama if I hadn't done that.
1: Oh, I uh, really. Yeah. 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 Me too. I think later. like uh, that. Other education taught me. Lots Mm. of like basic Mm. things of Mm. being artist, And and I met Kazumi doing Mm. art. And then Kazumi came to see my performance in the London Missions Collective. And then there's another Japanese woman, a friend called Noriko who came to see. And that time I was doing something called, uh, I had this performance group called the Japanese American Toy Theater of London. Which I was uh, doing a performance using a toys, wind-up toys, based on the English traditional um, toy theater. So we had a structure which my carpenter friend made for me, like mm. a little miniature toy theater. But instead of cardboard figures like uh, English people used in a 18th century, one yes. 19th century, I we used uh, we were using um, wind-up toys mm-hmm. from Japan, and I was saying a story and uh, doing a sort of musical with a David tube on a guitar. Andrew Brenner was uh, my partner for the toy theater. And then these uh, Kazumi and Noriko saw it, and ca- they both thought they can do b- be a backing singer for this toy theater. Uh-huh. But then we started to rehearsal, but I thought because uh, we are so good, we thought because we're used to karaoke singing, and that time just karaoke started. So I had some karaoke backing tracks. And then I thought we should make a group ourselves and so yeah that's uh, how frank chicken started so yeah from uh, this Uh uh,
0: because actually i I remember seeing you at university when i was at university the university of east anglia in the early 80s oh wow i went down and saw you and i was so excited
1: i thought wow
0: there's here there's three japanese women being themselves quite punky quite poppy you know it's a lovely mix and um yeah, just felt really exciting.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I should have gone up and got your autograph afterwards. Oh, and you I was could, too shy. No, you could
1: have joined. The yeah well, I didn't know our uh, chickens would have
0: improved. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. But that—that's—I uh, always remember that. So, and and of course, Frank chickens has evolved over time because you're still—it's still—it's still, it's still, it's still a very much a thing.
1: Yes, I think now like uh, 20 Japanese women plus. Um, like a woman uh, from Israel, woman from uh, Australia, and a man from Hackney, uh, uh, <laughs> and a uh, man from uh, uh, Poland, and all that. So, uh, and it's like uh, chickens became a sort of a community itself, and mainly like, uh, I suppose, Japanese, and so we, we t- sometimes talk Japanese, but then we, s- we can talk English, and it's, I suppose, a sort of, not only Japanese, but like sort of chicken mentality uh, grew us together. I mm. feel, and then it's so we are happy to expand you know, beyond Japanese nationality thing and just make making a more. And are the, the co-founder still involved, or is it? Yes, Kazumi yes. is involved. Yeah. yeah, but Noriko is not. Okay. Noriko's Noriko has become an actress. How about you? Like, can we talk about your connection to Japan? How do you mm. How do you feel now? I mean, do you feel any connection to Japan? I do feel connection. I mean, and I suppose,
0: you know, this project, the Tsunaga Connect project, is a is partly me exploring my connection yeah. through through these stories. Um, I don't speak Japanese because I wasn't brought up speaking Japanese, so it's feels like quite a distant connection. And um, but my, you know, I. My first mother died, but I have a second mother who's Japanese as well. So that connection is still there, which has felt really important. Obviously with, you know, I've been running, I've been part of a theatre company that uh, is championing and um, promoting East and Southeast Asian stories, voices, and very much about, you know, opportunities for underrepresented um, communities. It's felt really important, you know, to have this connection, and to explore this connection with Japan. I mean, actually, I've fairly recently started going back there. I I, I, started, I got a teaching gig, which has mm-hmm. been fantastic. So I've been going out there for the last three years, till of course last year, um, and that's been amazing because I hadn't actually been back for thirty odd years. Wow,
1: well, yeah.
0: So it sort of bec- had become an imaginary space in my, in my memory and mind. So it's been, yeah, it's been really good to go back. Um, and I would, you know, I hope I can continue teaching. or will continue that connection. Uh, and I was, obviously I have family there um, yes. who I don't, I, I can't speak to very easily with. <laughs> you
1: mean, you, do you have a
0: grandparent? Not grandparents anymore, no. No, but I have um, uncles and aunts and um cousins, yes,
1: and yeah, and did your mother have Japanese friends in England like did you mix with the Japanese mothers? I mean when your mothers are meeting japanese as, a, as a? there wasn't many no.
0: Japanese but we you know Japanese dual heritage families or japanese w- women but there there were some we had yeah, we did have some close friends actually, so um. Yeah, no, we did. We did when I was growing up. I'm just thinking, but I mean, we lived in Watford, so there yeah. wasn't
1: really anyone yeah. around in Watford. Do uh, you think the, the perception about Japan or Japanese people has changed? Why? Why? Why do you? You know, this your life history in England. Well, I think I think it was definitely much harder for for women coming
0: over after the war. There was a sense of uh, they were first of all very isolated. You know, as an um enemy enemy uh you know I remember always remember being told by our caretaker at primary school that I was a child of the enemy, yeah, yeah. and I was really shocked because um actually my father's German but he's a Jewish refugee from Germany but um I, I, so presumably he thought of him as German, and um obviously my mother was Japanese, so i just I do distinctly remember that and having didn't know what to say yeah what could I say um and I and I think there were some incidents where my mother where we were she was shouted at but they're quite vague this is a long time ago Mm. um but I mean obviously in the 80s 90s you know Japan became very cool I think when I was growing up it was like seen as somewhere very distant and obscure and obviously post-war it was still you know there were a lot of people who still had bad memories so you didn't sort of shout about being half Japanese mm. but I think you know as as Japan grew and economically became very strong and obviously the culture started to come you know flow the man with the manga and the anime and so forth um it became very cool
1: yes and Japanese. then but again nowadays like anti-Asian yeah movement is happening well this. yes now you know during
0: the because of COVID, there's been a lot of, there's yeah. been a real rise in anti-Asian.
1: Yeah, so that's a, um, that, does it worry hate. you? Like, is that learning Southeast Asian? Fear? Well, Not, well uh, it,
0: it does, it, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people have been affected by it. And yeah. there's a lot of people within the community who are very angry and also very scared. Yeah. And it is a really frightening time for many people. Yeah. I think, you know, especially there's been quite a number of attacks on, on older people as well, which is really shocking, um, and it is it is yeah it has been difficult. And I think you know now that we're coming out of lockdown, I think we're needing to be extra, you know, um, careful, supportive, um, and and also coming together to to make a voice, you know, that we're heard, um, because it's all to do with being invisible in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt that or, I mean, not, I don't...
1: not being hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Or not being taken as seriously or I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, because because I, I'm artist, I suppose, artist is always like a bit outside of the, um, you know, normal, <laughs> normal world. Uh, or mi- I suppose misfit. It's mm. like a, yeah, as an artist, you always feel a bit outsider because you, you feel you are not hard. That's why you want to express, isn't yes. it? Yes, That's, so yes. So like in that sense, yeah, uh, I, I suppose I have that kind of experience, but not necessarily being Japanese, I suppose, because I'm, I'm being a strange creature to anyway to uh, lots of people. And then as artist, I ride on that concept, I suppose. And luckily like I, I haven't had many uh, unpleasant experience because I, I'm Japanese woman. In a way, I uh, exploited the fact being Japanese here in England as an artist because in the art world respect to the Japan, Japan is quite high, isn't it? Do Do you think so? How do you feel?
0: Oh yes, I think there's a sort of. Um there's a lot of Japo Japo files, yeah, Japan, Japanophiles, Japanophiles. That's the word, um, you know. And there's a there's a real love for the for the country yeah. uh, and the culture, and sometimes it's sort of yes, yeah, it's quite to to an extreme as well. So I think, yeah, there's it's definitely an interest in 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 all things Japanese, uh, and yes, it can work to your advantage. I suppose it mm. can also sometimes work to your disadvantage, maybe. But as an artist, you've you've really found your you know, you have a very distinct and unique voice, I think. And I was just interested because you were talking about the borrowers as something that you first started. and Of course, you had a very successful uh, show that you created called The Borrowers, wasn't it? That, yeah. That yeah. was a sort of site-specific piece. And there's something about you've always been interested in the sort of miniature.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Like uh, I Japanese like miniature, love actually. A, a miniature like bonsai garden yeah, is uh, another miniature. Mm. And, uh, do you know Hina Matsuri? Mm. The girls' festival. Yes, and uh, we we display. Uh, it's March the third for girls, and we display the um, uh, emperor and empress and the servants and another servant and in on a step uh, formed stage. But it's all miniature, like all the, the doors are there, and then you have uh, all the tools, a beautiful like servants. The tools which servants use is beautiful thing, and then. I, you know, that's how it, um, our education on the miniature starts, like when mm. you children. Yeah, because I had actually a
0: doll's house oh, yeah, that my grandfather right. built, oh, yeah, and it yeah. was like four stories high. It was absolutely fantastic. Ah. And we, my sister and I spent hours playing with it, and we had all, you know, dolls back from yes. from Germany, you know, in the 1930s oh, wow. dolls.
1: So it's not only Japanese. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, I, I've always been fascinated with scale as well, oh, yeah. playing with scale in, yeah. in theater. Um yeah. It's really interesting, and it's something about the the small person, or isn't it? The the, the, yes, that's the right. underdog or the the little person, but they've actually got a lot of yeah, a lot of strength there. Yeah, that, that's right. Where they a, manipulate. I,
1: yeah, maybe because children are small and the mm. children feel like mm. uh, not uh, not hard. Yes. And then they have a more smaller people and yes. things like they yeah they must feel yeah that's the okay. connection probably yeah, but can
0: I just ask you about um. I'm just curious about your, your connection with the Japanese community or what Japanese community means to you when when people talk
1: about it or ask you you uh, know Well, the mainly food <laughs> It's uh, yeah Associated uh, food. Uh, uh yes, it's because uh, yes, uh Japanese uh, food shops are the way Japanese people definitely gather. Mm. Mm. And um I suppose like in a big sense like that's uh as where the Matsuri in the Trafalgar Square everywhere happens in uh, autumn. Mm. The people who gather is probably part of the Japanese community. Also, they are not all Japanese, but uh, people who are, who like Japanese, and also Japanese food, because there are lots of Japanese food stores. I haven't really been working or closely associated uh, Japanese community, actual Japanese people's community so much here in England. Japanese community is another sort of group of the people who exist and not really, really uh, part of my emotional um, belonging, feeling. Uh, the chickens has a community, but uh, as I said, it's like expanding to the another nationality or race, and they, it's I feel like it's more like chickens community. Mm. Um, but the food is definitely, definitely a Japanese identity is very connected to the food, I feel. So, yeah, that's... Um, and do you think, I mean, you've got a son now, and, yeah. and do you think your
0: sort of relationship to your identity as a Japanese, has that changed since he's
1: was born? I mean... Yeah, I, I, I uh, when I, my parents were alive, I went back to Japan every year, mm. and my parents died. I didn't go back for a while, but then my, my son was born, I consciously try to go back to Japan every year because I didn't want to cut mm. the connection between him and Japan. So in that sense, like, yeah, I, it became more close um, again, and uh, me and uh, Japan were more close. And I suppose, like, the, my involvement to Tsunagi is like bec- my sort of desire to revisit the, uh, my tie with Japan with uh, this experience again, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And how does, I mean, he's now a teenager, how does, has his sense of identity changed, do you think, over time? And does he consider himself just British, or?
1: Um, he, I think he probably identify himself as British, but uh, nowadays he realizes he's uh, not white, mm. <laughs> and uh, he calls himself Asian mm. a lot. Mm. Um, and that's interesting. And he started to meet like, he's, uh, he was in a primary school and uh, he, mainly that primary school was a black population school. But now secondary school, uh, it's like more mixed. So he realized that it's, you know, lots of variety, diversity in the race. And he is now, so sort of, yeah, defining himself as uh, Asian. Also he's mixed. Mm. So, uh, mm. um, and when he was in America, people thought he's Latino. Ah, yeah, interesting. Um, yes, so yeah, I don't know yes. like what he chooses in the end. Yes, no,
0: I've been I've been mistaken or thought of as Latino or Italian sometimes. Or is it? Ring.
1: Yeah. How how's your son? How are your sons like I- identity? How? So
0: my sons, well, they're I suppose they're a quarter Japanese, say into fractions, um, and then their father is is Pakistani. Mm-hmm. So, I think they they consider themselves, and and my husband's. You know, actually, one side is Punjabi and one side's Patan. So again, they're distinct sort of ethnic groups. So um, I think, and and then my father was Jewish German. So they have this whole yeah. mix, wow. and, that, and I sort of that, I don't know what they I don't know they I don't hear them calling themselves Asian, as far as I know. I think they call themselves. <laughs> I don't know what they actually call themselves right now. It's a good question. Uh, my older son is actually just did. Uh, just fasted and it's I think the second time he's done the Ramadan but he, I mean he doesn't go to mosque or anything the rest of the year as far as I'm aware yeah. but um it's quite interesting yes. whereas the younger son not interested in that yes. I don't I don't I can't imagine him doing it as well he likes his food too much <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how anyone does it I yeah, think it's incredible we eat sushi together yeah, yes that's right he loves his food <laughs> um but um yeah so it's it's interesting but again you know growing up in London it's not it's not at all unusual. They have friends who have very mixed, you know, heritage. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it's quite
1: normal. Yeah, that's right. L- London's amazing yeah. in that sense, which exactly. is great. And that's yeah. why
0: I think we stay here because it sort of feels a lot more comfortable than yeah. if we were living outside of London. I think. Yeah. Okay, so that's, I think, about all we have time for. So thank you so much, oh, Kosovo. It's been much. really, really fanta- fantastic just having this conversation oh, and just listening. More. We could go on for um, many many hours i'm sure but um thank you thank you very much and to play us out we have the frank chickens signature tune we are ninja Listen to an episode of the podcast Earth to Air, presented by me, Kamiko Mendel, and co presented with Kazuko Hoki, edited by Jia Chen, with original music by Nicola T. Chang. This podcast was produced by New Earth Theatre, with thanks to Goldsmiths, University of London, and made possible by the Cultural Recovery Fund be sure to check out the other six episodes to hear more interviews with some of the women involved in Tsunagu Connect. If you'd like to find out more, visit our website and stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We hope that you join us again on Earth to Air.